Good evening, everyone. Hopefully, if someone out there has some questions or something on their mind, definitely they would like to know. And if you have a question and you're not, and you don't feel comfortable asking where everybody can see, that our inboxes are always open. But as you can see from the title, um, the Devil's Minions, for lack of a better title, the um, Devil also has preachers. So we have to watch who we listen to because just because they're said they they say they're preaching the word of God it doesn't mean it's the truth and we have that's why we have to get into the Bible ourselves and see whatever the preacher is saying we have to make sure it lines up with what God is saying because on judgment day God is not going to make God is not going to accept any excuses because you're just listening to what your pastor taught it doesn't work like that. We have to make sure they line up with the Word of God. And we have to study the Bible ourselves. So even, and that goes the same with us. Well, we, we're not an excuse. Uh, whatever we say, you need to go back and make sure what we say is aligned with the Bible as well. So false prophets. That's what we're going to be talking about. The devil's minions. And that's it for the intro. So, if Minister Banks wants to take it away. Um, before we begin, uh, as always, we'll say a prayer beforehand. Heavenly Father, thank you for yet another opportunity. As I always say, thank you, Lord, because it's, I guess you can call it a cliche, but we can never say thank you enough because you've been so gracious and so loving and so kind and so merciful to us. So, we thank you, Lord. And Lord, we're praying for all the people out there, the people starving for you, desiring for your presence, the sick, the shut-in, people afflicted of whatever it is. Lord, we're praying that they may see you, that they may see the light of the world through whatever their issues are. And Lord, we're, praying, we're also praying for all their physical needs, Lord, because we know those matter as well. Uh, food, shelter, clothing, so many things, Lord. And we're praying that we would put ourselves in a position so that we can help people with these needs because it's not enough for us to just sit here and say, well, we're going to pray for you. You're calling for us to do something for people. So we're praying, Lord, that we can put ourselves in a position so that we can help these people. We're praying this and so many other blessings in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So Melvin already mentioned uh, the topic so we're going to go to Isaiah, the 14th chapter, and we're going to look at verse 12 to start off. All right. <clears throat> How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? So the reason I wanted to discuss these things was I've been just doing a lot of digging around and just looking at various topics and I notice people don't really question the teaching that they're under. And so I began to ask people um, that I would come in contact with, I wanted to know if they ever thought about what a false prophet really looks like because if we look at uh, and I use the example all the time even if we look at money 
we know money is green here in the United States. So we know what a dollar bill is. I think I might have a dollar bill. Usually don't have one, but if we look at, I wish I had a sheet of paper. If we look at a dollar bill, which we all know what that looks like, but if we look at a dollar bill and I create a counterfeit dollar bill, now if I showed up and I said, this is a dollar bill, you'd automatically know this dude, this guy's crazy. That's not a dollar, he, he can't fool me with that. But if I showed you something that looked extremely similar, and that's what people that make counterfeit money do, they show you something that looks so close to the real thing that if you don't know what you're looking for, you wouldn't even be able to tell. <laughs> uh, growing up, I worked uh, in a store. Uh, our church owned the store. And so we would get some fake money in every once in a while. Uh, and as a result, we had to start using a marker. But a lot of times, uh, especially like $100 bills, we would look for the, uh, I think it's a little face inside of the money. So when they counterfeit it, I don't know if they can now, but back then they couldn't counterfeit that little face that was inside of the dollar somehow. It's like a hologram almost. <laughs> but so if you know what to look for, you can spot the counterfeit. But if you don't, it's gonna look extremely similar, extremely similar. And the devil, he understands this way better than, than we do. Uh, well, he understands it better than most. So that's how he deceives us, by giving us things that look just like God. So we're going to see just how deceptive the devil is. And the reason I wanted to, to discuss this is because I don't want you to be deceived. That's why we do everything we do. We don't want you to be deceived because hell is forever. But this is the escape plan. The escape route is to know just what is going on in the world around us. So if you will, re uh, read that again for us, Mel. All right, verse 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? We're going to look at the fall of Satan. All right. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the, in the sides of the north. For thou hast said in thine heart. See, <laughs> you don't have to say it out loud. God hears you. The devil has said in his heart, he will ascend into heaven. He will exalt his throne above the stars of God. He said also, I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation. Now that's the part I wanted to really focus in on. The devil is going to sit upon the mount of the congregation. Now if we just imagine being at church, who sits in front of the congregation? The preacher. That's where he sits. We all come into the building. We all sit down wherever, wherever it may be. 
but it's all centered around the preacher. We're, we're coming there to hear what it is that he has to say or whomever it is that's preaching has to say. So the devil said he's going to exalt himself above the, star, the stars of God. And it actually talks about that. I don't know if um, we might not focus in on that, but um, the stars of God, we'll, we'll, we, we won't focus on that. But he said he's going to elevate himself above even God. Now, we know in Romans, the 10th chapter, he, the, the scripture says, how can they hear without a preacher? So God uses the preacher to communicate with the people. That's how he's always done it. If we go back to Moses, he talked to Moses, Moses talked to the people. It has not changed. So all the devil has to do is get inside of the preacher. Once he has done that, he can destroy those people. That's his, that's his job. That's what he came here to do, steal, kill, and destroy. So once he gets the preacher, he's got the people because the people are listening to the preacher. So let's, let's actually move to Revelations, the 12th chapter. We're going to see the fall in the 12th chapter also before we move over to another place. Uh, 12th chapter and we'll start at verse 7 and there was war in heaven Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon fought and his angels and prevailed not neither was their place found anymore in heaven and the great dragon was cast out that old serpent called the devil and Satan which deceiveth the whole world he has cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him the devil was in heaven, caused war. In one place they say he fell like lightning. He fell fast because he said in his heart he was going to take over. He was going to exalt himself above God. And even and he has succeeded to do that in the earth. Now he's not above God, but in majority of our lives, he is. The scripture calls him the God of this world. So the scripture said he was cast out of heaven. That dragon, he deceived the whole world. He deceived. Now, how can he deceive us, though? Through the word, through our beliefs, through what it is that we think to be true. Because that determines our salvation, what we believe in. People say, I believe in Jesus, but we don't believe in all the scriptures. We just believe in one scripture here or one over there. That's not believing in Jesus. To believe in Jesus is to believe all the scriptures. So uh, let's, let's actually keep going down. And I heard a loud voice saying, saying in heaven, now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God, and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. Skip down to 12. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, 
For the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. The devil. So now we're we're seeing he's in the earth. And he came down here with a third of angels from heaven. The scripture says, they, they said, woe to the inhabitants of the earth. Y'all are cursed because now y'all got to deal with him. He's no longer up here in heaven. He's down there with y'all. And he is going to deceive the whole world. He's going to deceive the majority of people out there. That's what he's coming here to do. So he knows he's got a short time, so that's why he's fighting with everything he got. And we are still asleep. Paul told us in one place to wake up out of our sleep. It's high time. Our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. So the devil understands it. <laughs> if anybody understands what time it is and what's going on in the world, it's Satan himself. It is Satan himself. So let's let's look at his tricks, though, because the only way for us to counter him is to know how he operates, how he fights. That's how boxers do. They go really any any sport. The only way for you to know how to defeat or, or counter or beat, uh, say, a boxer, is if you study their moves, study their habits, look at how they want to attack you. So we should know the wiles of the devil. We have to know the tricks, what he's up to at all times. So let's look at 2 Corinthians, the 11th chapter. And we got to do a little bit of reading here. Uh, We'll probably have time. I may not. We'll see how it goes. We'll start at verse 2. Let's go ahead and start at first one. Might as well start at 1. Would to God ye could bear with me a little in my folly, and indeed bear with me? For I am jealous over you with godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. So Paul here is talking to this church now. This is a pretty new church. He said, look, I want you to bear with me now because this is kind of loose talking. He's kind of going to brag here because this is what we understand. So he's trying to kind of talk in their language. So he says he, he's jealous over them because he is presenting them to Christ, to be the bride of Christ. He is going to present this church, which is the body of Christ. He's presenting them to Christ. So notice verse 3, though. But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtly, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Paul said, I want to present you to Christ, but I have a fear that... The one we just read about, the dragon, Lucifer, Satan himself, through his subtlety, he's very subtle. You don't even notice he's there. He is going to change your minds. We talked about this in Galatians. Paul said, I marvel that you be so soon removed. Same talk here. Paul has taught them. What thus said the Lord? And so he is concerned that even though he's preached, even though he's taught, 
they are still going to be deceived somehow the same way Eve was. See, Adam no doubt had told her what God said because if you go back, uh, and we might go back there. Yeah, we'll, we'll go back there. We'll go back and pick that up after this. Uh, but Adam, and we'll, we'll see this, we'll go back and read this. Eve had not even been created when God told Adam what, how he should obey him, what uh, rules and, and guidelines he should follow. Eve was not even there. So, but if we notice, the devil went straight to Eve. He didn't go to Adam because Adam knew what the word was supposed, he knew what God told him to do. He went straight to Eve and he deceived her. So Paul said, I'm, I'm nervous because you all might be deceived just as Eve was, just as so many others were throughout time, even though they knew the truth at one point in time. They were taught, and they said, you know what, God, I'm going to do exactly what you say. But somehow, the devil, he's, he's powerful now. He is extremely powerful. Somehow, they found themselves being tricked by him. So Paul said, I, I hope that's not you guys. Now, let's, uh, to save sometimes, let's drop down to verse 8. Because Paul is going to bring up the track record. He, 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 he's wanting to remind them some, of some things here. Verse 8, I robbed other churches, taking wages of them to do you service. Now he's, re he's reminding them of how he has helped them, how he took money. Now, he's not saying he stole the money. He went over there and demanded money. He's saying he took the money that other churches had and brought it back to this church in Corinth to help them. And when I was present with you and wanted, I was chargeable to no man. But for that which was lacking to me, the brethren which came from Macedonia supplied. And in all things I have kept myself from being burdensome unto you, and so will I keep myself. So Paul says, now, this is an up-and-coming church. He was trying everything he could to help them. He said, when I was with you guys, I didn't make myself a burden to you guys. There was things I was in want of. I needed some things. But the, the church in Macedonia supplied that. The brethren came down here. They supplied that for me. I didn't get it from y'all. I didn't take things because I was trying to, to not make myself a burden. As the truth of Christ is in me, no man shall stop me of the boasting in the regions of Achaia. Mm -hmm. Wherefore, because I love you not, God knoweth. But what I do, that I will do, that I may cut off occasion from them which desire occasion, that wherein they glory, they may be found, even as we. Now Paul says, the reason that I'm controlling myself like this, the reason that I'm making sure to not, to not be a burden to you, is because I want to not give an opportunity to the devil. I don't want to give anybody an opportunity to say, well, we took care of Paul when he was here. He wouldn't have made it if it weren't for us. I said, no, no, no. That's not what I'm going to do. I'm cutting off that occasion. I'm not going to give 
anybody the the authority to say that, but they may be found even as we. So now he did that for two reasons. For the people's sake, for them to not believe that Paul absolutely needed them, but also to set an example for the rest of the ministers. Because he said, found even as we. Now he's talking about the minister. Because look at what he says after this. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. Now, we have those who have transformed themselves into the apostles of Christ. We have false apostles out there. Definitely. But now, let's keep going, though. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Now, the very devil himself has transformed himself to look like he a messenger for God. <laughs> he, so many of us are blinded by it. He looks like he is a messenger from God. The one place they said, the way of truth is evil spoken of. Because we're so used to hearing false things, we don't even know what it sounds like when something is true. We say, I, I just know that ain't right. I don't believe that. <laughs> but what if some did not believe? Their belief will not make the word of God of none effect. Says the book of Romans, the third chapter. So the devil himself is transformed into an angel of light. An angel is nothing but a messenger. Jesus told us when he was here, he said, I am the light of the world. As long as I'm in the world, I'm the light. I am the light of the world. So the devil has transformed himself into a messenger for Christ. He is out here preaching Jesus Christ. The very devil himself, he preaching Jesus. He preaching Jesus Christ in churches today, on street corners today. The devil is out there preaching. Verse 15, Mel. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. Paul said, look, if the devil doing it, look, his ministers doing it out there too. He got false apostles, false ministers, false prophets, whatever you want to call them, they're doing the same thing. They have transformed themselves. They're not ministers of righteousness. But they sure, they sure look and sound like it. That's how you counterfeit something. Not to make something look totally obvious. If you've seen somebody out there saying, I'm preaching Jesus Christ, and they have a pitchfork, horns coming out of their head with a red suit on, you said, man, ain't no way I'm listening to this. <laughs> ain't listening to them. That's the devil out there talking. You wouldn't, you wouldn't listen to somebody like you wouldn't listen to somebody say, I'm, I'm preaching Christ, and they waving a gun around, pointing at folks. Y'all want to believe in Jesus or what? You, you wouldn't listen to that. The devil, though, he is extremely deceptive. He's, subtle, he's more subtle than any other beast in the field, more subtle than anyone else. He's more deceptive, more sly than a fox, whatever you want to call it. He has transformed ministers 
of righteousness, or excuse me, he has transformed his ministers to look like they're ministers of righteousness. It looks like they're telling you the right stuff. It sounds like they're telling you the right thing. But they're, they're going the wrong way. There's a way that seems right. There's a way that seems right, but it ain't right. So let's go all the way back to the beginning. Let's go back to Genesis to see how the devil attacked Eve. Now we'll look at uh, chapter two first because I told, I said it earlier that Eve was not even there when God gave um, Adam the word. So I wanna go back and show this. And Genesis is the second chapter and we'll start at verse 15. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden that thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of. For in the day that, day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. So God tells Adam what to do. He said, You can eat of all the other trees in the garden, but the tree of knowledge of good and evil... Don't mess with that. Don't mess with that tree. So now, look at verse 18. And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. Now, see, we know that's where Eve came in. So he said, he looked around and said, Hold on, it's not good for him to be alone. I've told him what I want him to do. But I don't want him to do this alone. So now I'm going to make Eve. So uh, we'll just we'll just read twenty one. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Okay, so we see. Eve come into play now. So there's somebody, we already looked at it. The devil was cast into the earth. <laughs> the, the people looking at it, they said, woe unto the inhabitants of the earth and the sea because y'all got a fight on y'all's hand now. <laughs> that old dragon, Satan, Lucifer, he down there with you. He ain't doing nothing but deceiving people. And he went straight to work. God made Adam and Eve and he went to work. Let's skip over to chapter 3. And we'll look at verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. Nothing changed. He's still subtle. He's still sly. He's still extremely wicked and deceptive. Nothing's changed. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Now he went straight for Eve because he knew. He knew he could get Eve. And if he got Eve, he could get Adam through Eve because he loved Eve. It was his wife. If you uh, read in the New Testament, I think it's the book of Corinthians, it says Adam was not deceived. 
even though he did exactly what God told him not to do, he knew he was doing it. He knew he was doing it. But let's, let's keep reading. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Look at how the devil attacks humanity. Look at how he, he handled Eve here. He asked about the word. He asked about the scripture. He asked about what did God tell you to do? How did God want you to do it? See, he goes straight for the word. That's how he uses his ministers. He have them teaching the word. But they're going to twist some things up. So Eve here says, look, God told us we can eat of every tree, but the one that's in the midst of the garden, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, he said, God said, we can't even touch it. But now the devil, he, he, know, he know God didn't say that because the devil was already around. He, know, he knew exactly what God said. But let's keep going. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. So all he had to do was say something contrary against God but say <laughs> look God look God God know what's going to happen a lot of times he has people say something completely contrary against God now this majority this is all the time and they say God says so God know when you eat of that tree what's going to happen he's he just trying to hold you back God know <laughs> that's the devil he takes God's word and uses it against us because we don't know. We don't know any better. We don't have the word down packed like we need to. We're running around thinking we know, but we don't really know. So the devil is using, he, he, he's standing at the mount of the congregation. He's, he's standing in the church week in after week out and he has his ministers teaching us, and we're believing is ministers of righteousness. But it's a mirage. It's a counterfeit. But we can't tell the difference. Let's look at, I want to move to Matthew, the fourth chapter. And we'll start at verse 5. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple. So we have here Jesus. And the devil is tempting him. He is trying to tempt him with evil. This is how he sends his ministers also using the word. So Satan himself is going to use the word to throw us off. And saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, 
and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest any at any time thou dash thy foot against the stone. The devil know more scripture than we know. <laughs> and we run around talking about we say we don't know any scripture. But the devil, he using it on us likes. all the time. <laughs> Satan himself is using scripture on us all the time. And we're talking about we know we know God. The devil took him to a high place on the temple. And he said, look, if you be who you say you are now, you, you say you the son of God. If you are, just jump down. Jump, jump on down. I, I, I want to see if the scripture is true because the scripture said now, uh, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee. They're not going to let you fall. I want you to just jump. I want to see if it's true. The devil, he tried to attack Jesus using the word of God. So that's what he does to us also. He, he attacks us on the word. But since we don't have an understanding, we feel that whatever sounds good to us, it's got to be true. It's got to be true. But let's look at how Jesus replies. Jesus said unto him, it is written again, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And the devil knew that verse too. <laughs> but he, he was hoping Jesus didn't bring it up. <laughs> he knew that one too. So if we stay in the scripture, if we study and, and get an understanding, with all that getting, get an understanding, if we have an understanding, we can have a defense for the way the devil is going to attack us. We won't be susceptible to false apostles or false ministers. Like I said earlier, I was trying to, I was asking people, how would you know? How do you know that someone, uh, even that you're going to church week in and week out, how would you know if they're not a false minister, if they're not a minister of Satan? Because a lot of times, or I think majority of the time, people think a false prophet is someone only of another religion. We say, well, I'm a Christian, so I don't believe in Buddhism or uh, Islam or any other religion. That's not the only false teachings in the world. False teachings lie within Christianity. They have to lie within Christianity because it is easier. That's why Paul talked about uh, someone coming teaching another Jesus. Now, he wasn't saying that somebody was going to come there and basically tell them that Jesus uh, didn't exist. He wasn't talking about that. Yes, that is included, but what he's talking about is the gospel that Paul taught them. See, right now today, and we, we talk about we talk about this all the time. If you look at the Baptist Church, the Methodist, the Pentecostal, the Catholic, uh, 
whatever denomination, the non-denomination, whatever denomination you want to look at, each one teaches a, a different Jesus. They're teaching a whole different Jesus. They say, well, this is what we believe. That's their version of Jesus being taught in that place. But Paul said to the church in Corinth, as well as all the rest of the churches, I'm worried somebody's going to teach you a different Jesus, and you're going to believe them. But it's going to be contrary to the Jesus that I taught you about. See, I was looking online the other day, and I don't quite remember how they put it, but they were talking about Jesus being at the pride parades. And I'm trying to see, what Jesus is this? <laughs> what Jesus is going to be walking around promoting homosexuality when the scriptures declare that is wrong? The scriptures declare, the scripture doesn't say you should hate or kill somebody because they're gay or because they're a liar or because they're murdered. That's not what the scripture says. But the scripture does declare you to repent and change your lifestyle. So there are so many different versions of Jesus being taught even today as there were then. People say you can do absolutely whatever you want to do. They say only God can judge me. Yes, he is going to judge you. And I pray you change because we are being deceived by the ministers of the devil. He has us believing in so many things that are not true. I want to look at, uh, let's move over to uh, 2 Timothy, the third chapter. Now, here, we're going to see what a false minister. Now, there's really a lot of places that uh, I didn't even plan to go to. But there's really a lot of places where he talks about this, uh, which actually a better place. Actually, let's go to Matthew. Let's go to Matthew, the seventh chapter. And we'll start at verse 15. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. The ministers of Satan. They come to you in sheep clothing. Everything about them sounds good. They look good. They talk really articulate. They're well educated. But inwardly, they are ravening wolves. Inwardly, they are destroying the paths of the Lord. Inwardly, they are teaching a different Jesus than the Jesus that the apostles taught in the Bible. So it is extremely important for us to find out what is the truth. And that's why I wanted to go, which we can really go back there now, but that's why I wanted to go to 2 Timothy, the third chapter.
we'll we'll look at verse five. <coughs> Excuse me. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such eternal way. We have these people. Now he's he's talking about a a large amount of people here, but I'm focusing in on. <coughs> the false prophet, they're going to have a form of godliness. They're going to look like they're saved. That's what we have a lot of today, and we don't know it. Drop down to verse 7. Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. We have so many people learning so much, but they never actually made it around to understanding the truth, to have ever having knowledge of what the truth is. That's the position that we stand in today. In, in the book of Hosea, if I'm not mistaken, he said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because we don't know, we get ourselves in trouble. A lot of us won't even know we're following a false prophet. Won't even know unless we dive into the scriptures. And so that's what I want to raise our attention to today. Just to go back and question what it is you've learned about Christ. Question it. See if what you've been taught matches the scripture. Question it with even people outside of your church group. Don't just say, oh, well, since I go to uh, the non-denominational church, I'm going to go question my pastor and then I'm going to just leave it at that. Obviously, your pastor, <laughs> obviously he is going to say that everything he's saying is right. What, what preacher, what teacher does, says, well, what I'm telling you ain't right. Uh, so you should go down the street. Nobody says that. So you should have an urge and a, and a, a desire to want to know what's actually true because the devil's minions, <laughs> they're out there. They're out there teaching us every day. And if we're not careful, we'll be led away to another gospel to preaching of a different Jesus. There's so many different versions of Jesus out here today. Drop down, well no, let, let, let's, let's not do that. That's, um, we can look at uh, Matthew 24. And eleven. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. They will. Now that's scripture. Now that's written. Therefore, it will come true. This is written. Jesus already he he said it. His word is established in heaven forever. It's already written. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. Many are called, but few are chosen. They were not chosen because they were deceived, because they had the wrong Jesus, because 
they thought God said some things he never said. They thought God said believe in some things he never said believe in. But the devil knows all he has to do is get you to disobey God. That's all he's got to get you to do because you're going to end up on the wrong side of God. All right. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. We have no love. And we see that out of preachers today. As well as everyone else. But he that shall endure until the end, the same shall be saved. If we endure to the end. Uh, in one place he said, then shall we know if we follow on to know. If we continue in his word. We'll know what the truth is, and the truth will make us free. The truth will set us free. If we continue to seek and find that rock, the rock that's Christ, which Paul told us in Corinthians. So, <clears throat> the main thing to take away is we have to check out our salvation we have to go back and look at what is it that I should believe what is it that God requires of me because I don't want to believe the wrong version of Jesus I don't want to follow the wrong people because <laughs> there's an old saying that says birds of a feather flock together and that's true because if you following the wrong bird <laughs> you're going to end up in the wrong nest. <laughs> but it's extremely important for us to go back and check out our salvation. Because God has put his word here for us to learn, for us to study. And the devil knows that by us not studying, we're in error. By us not knowing what it is that God is actually saying, we get ourselves in trouble because we do exactly what he didn't want us to do. But, uh, which I'm doing pretty good on time <laughs> because that's really um, the main parts that I wanted to look at. Um, Melvin, if you had something else to say. How much... I just pray that we all, even though I know it's not going to happen, that we all just take a deep dive into the Bible and see what it says. Like many of us know from when we were in elementary school, the um, saying, reading rainbow says, take a look, it's in the book. That's what we have to do, and that's what we lack doing. As Tony mentioned earlier in the book of Hosea, chapter 4 and verse 6, it says, my people, pay, well, my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge because they reject it. I'm not saying read the Bible 24-7. That's all you have to do. But we do have some time where we can <laughs> look into the Bible. and we But we put God on the back burner. I mean, most of us would rather watch paint dry than to read the Bible. <laughs> we would rather watch water boil than to read the Bible. But that's what we have to do to make sure that what we're being taught is right because we could be 
talk false things and we won't even know it because we won't take a look in the Bible and the pastor <laughs> won't even know it because they have to do what Jesus said for, in order for them to understand it and they have to be sent by um, God in order to teach the people because that's how God communicates does it through a pastor and that's why Paul said follow me as I follow Christ Back in the Old Testament, we have Moses, and when he died, as we see in the book of Joshua, then we have Joshua, because God told Joshua and said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now it's time for Jordan to come. As it, I mean, Joshua, it says, take over this Jordan or take over this team, as I heard a pastor give that analogy. The um, It's a super long analogy, but I like it. For all of us that watch football, we have a person, we have the coach on the sidelines, and then we have the quarterback. They go over to the coach to get the play, and then the quarterback communicates it to the rest of the team. That's exactly how it is with God, with the true pastor that's actually called and sent by God. He is our quarterback, and God is the coach. So the quarterback or the preacher talks to God and God's give him God gives him the instructions and the preacher or the quarterback gives the team the instructions. And we all have our role. We have the cornerback, we have the spotter, the linebacker, and all that. We all have our roles, but we all function as one body in Christ. It's the same way that football team functions as one football team. And if we all do what the coach said and what the quarterback said, we will not fail. So we just have to make it our prioritized mission to make sure what we're being taught is what's in the Bible because eternity is far too long. And somebody said I can't use the word long because when you use that, it means it has an ending. But eternity has no ending. It's, it's everlasting. That's way too long of a time for somebody to be teaching somebody wrong or for them to be wrong themselves. Because as we see in the book of Matthew, people are going to think that they're following God. They're going to think that they're listening to the true pastor of God, and they're going to do all these things in the name of the Lord. And then on the day of judgment, they're going to say, but God, well, how can we get in? We've done all these things in your name. We've built houses. We've built churches. We've done, went on, gone on all of these mission trips, and he's going to say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. And that just sitting right here, that just hurts me knowing that the majority of this world is going to be like that. They're going to hear, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Many of us are going to be lost because we won't take the time out to study. We will just listen to whatever our pastor says. I'm not saying that he may be wrong. I'm just saying just make sure that it's aligned with the, the word of God because we all have to be sure. We're not going to be held accountable for what our pastor says. We're going to be held accountable for what we do. And if we don't do the things that Jesus said do, then we won't be able to get in. A lot of us will wear the cross as a chain. We'll have it on our license plates. We'll have Philippians 4.13 tatted on us. Have it on our windows, like little decals. But are we actually doing what he said do? No, not if you got it tatted on you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Paul did say in Christ, uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, but we have to keep that in context. 
somebody wants to be a stripper or something or anything that God says not do. I mean, and people will actually quote that scripture and saying, man, I want to do this. I'm going to be a drug dealer. I got to get it how I can <laughs> and stuff like that. I'm going to God put God put this hustle in me. He put the hustle in you, but the hustle is supposed to be in this book and not out there on the streets. That's what we have to do, and that's what we come short of each and every day. And that's why we put so much time in, into the Bible to make sure that what we're saying is true. Mostly, Tony, because you, you um, do most of the preaching all the time. So, And I read a lot, but he reads way more than I do. Because God is going to look at him more harshly than the, the regular person because he's actually called to be a minister. So he definitely doesn't have an excuse to be wrong. You have to study the Bible, study, study, study the Bible. And I can understand, you know, a lot of these ministers or even people in their new walks with Christ, once they start learning a few things, then they'll look at the sinner and look down on them. <laughs> because they'll be like, man, look at them doing all this stuff. Just sinning, shaking my head. They're such a horrible person. And they 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 will really be judging them. But like what they don't know is God is saying to them, you used to do the same thing. So we see sinners all the time doing things that God say don't do. But we don't look down on them. We have to have the same love for the homosexual person, for the drunkard, for the cursor, for the liar, for the murderer. We have to have the same love for those people that we have for our brothers and sisters in Christ. Because a saying that I like, every sinner has a future and every saint has a past. The righteous man, he definitely has has had times where he's sinned. He might not have known everything, but he, he knew that some, he or she knew that some of the things they were doing went against God. I knew that some of the things that I was doing was directly going against God. But at that time, I didn't understand the severity. And at that time, I, I had the mindset of God is just a forgiving God. He's going to forgive me no matter what I do. I, I, I love Jesus, and I said that I love Jesus, but I didn't look at the scripture like I needed to. Because in that in one place, he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Mm -hmm. And we're not keeping our his commandments if we're doing what he said not to do. So we, God is love, as declared in First John four verse seven and eight. God is God is love. So if we know anything that's not of love, then we're not of God. No matter how much good deeds we do, if we go around cursing people out, talking about people behind their backs, then we don't have the love of God. The love of God does not dwell in us like like um, we say it does. So again, I pray that we all get into the Bible and. In your free time, just pick up the Bible. You may not understand everything you're reading at first, but it takes time. It takes time. You can start with a chapter a day, and then maybe do two a day, and, and keep going. A lot of people just like to look at the verse of the day. <laughs> I get that notification too, but just looking at the verse of the day is not good enough. I mean, you can get the verse of the day and then go by and say read full chapter and read I challenge you to even do that. Just you have to start somewhere. We all don't start off sinless. <laughs> and we're never going to be fully one hundred percent sinless. 
but it'll definitely help us to get there. We have to move on to perfection and continue in the apostles' doctrine. It won't start off that way and it won't be easy. But once you get baptized in Jesus' name and get the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, I have to say that every week because it is just that important, then it will become easier because I know that somebody out there is struggling with homosexuality. And I know this, struggling with ego, like pride, can't tell them anything. And they, and they want to change. This, these are like, I'm, there are people out there that are living in sin and don't want to change, but I'm talking about specifically people that want to change. They're struggling. They're struggling. Homosexuality, drunkenness, idolatry, is, which is just putting things above God. They're struggling with that. The answer is right here in this book, but we just have to take the time out to read it and know that there is help. The comforter is what the Holy Ghost is called in a lot of places, the comforter. It's there to comfort you, and it'll let you know when you're doing wrong. But we have to let it work. And that's all I really have to say. Now, do you have another verse you want to go to? Uh, no. I mean, we kind of, you kind of pretty much hit on it. Uh, anyways, I thought about it when you started talking, but you pretty much hit on that first. Um, we don't really necessarily have to go there, but um, the you you brought up the Holy Ghost. That's definitely something we should strive to have because I was talking to somebody earlier, and they said, you know, if Walmart told us they were going to give us a gift, everybody would be. <laughs> running to get over there, flying in their car to get over there, taking an airplane, whatever it takes, because Walmart is giving out gifts. But God told us he's giving out a gift, the gift of the Holy Ghost. We don't want that. <laughs> we That's the one gift that we just say, well, we, we just don't want it. But it is truly the gift that keeps on giving. It's... The thing, the one thing that can feel that emptiness that you feel, the one thing that can help you get out of whatever your condition is, whatever it is that's afflicting you and plaguing you, the Holy Ghost is that gift for you. Um, so please, 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 if you aren't even sure you have the Holy Ghost, reach out to us. Um, Question other people about it. Just, just begin to ask questions. Begin to seek it for yourself. Begin to desire the same Holy Ghost that the apostles received on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. Because God is the same. He's not changing how he gives out the Holy Ghost. People today want the Holy Ghost without the tongues. It's not going to happen. Because God is not going to change how he does things. If we if we want the Holy Ghost without tongues, we're saying we don't want God. Because that is the sign, that is the indicator. So please, I'm praying, we're praying desperately that someone out there will take God serious. Someone someone out there will take heed to his word and you will want to know what's true. Because that that's what happened to me. I wanted to know. I wanted to know, man, look, I, I don't care what 
anyone says, whether it be my loved ones, my family, my friends, it doesn't matter what they say is true or not. I want to go. Right there too. Somebody you love, and they're saying one thing, and you know it's not right, mm -hmm. and you try to follow what you know is right in the Bible, but it may lead to you losing that person that you care about. That's hard. It's a hard thing. But God's saying, how much will you love him? Will you love him more than we love our mama? Will you love him more than you love yourself? And he's not going to put more on us than we can bear. Even if it seems like it, it, mm -hmm. he wouldn't put you through it. He wouldn't put you to it if he wouldn't put you through it. Mm -hmm. So it's so many things to consider. Um, but through it all, God is looking for a group of people who is willing to endure to the end because you know what I'm saying? Sometimes it's going to feel like, man, sometimes people say, well, God must not love me because so many things seem to happen to me. But he is just putting you through trials and tribulations to make you perfect, to make you better. But are you learning through those trials? Yeah. Everything that we have went through, somebody else has already went through it. Nothing new under the sun. So, and go ahead. And um, staying on the same topic of the Holy Ghost, I'm pretty sure we all, well, most of us know of the scripture: "The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak." It's the skin that we're in that desires the things not of God, and the skin doesn't care. The flesh does not care what you do. Why? Because it won't be cast into hell. It won't be going to heaven, but your soul will be. See, the, the spirit wants, I mean, this flesh wants to get drunk. The flesh wants, the tongue wants to say these things against God and speak down on people. When God says, bless those who curse you, love the ones that work evil towards you. That is nothing but the flesh. And our tongue is so powerful. <laughs> like Tony um, said, I don't know if he said it on the live stream, but uh, one of the passage that we listened to said um, God gave us a tongue and he gave us teeth <laughs> and the teeth are like jail bars to cover the tongue <laughs> that's so true he threw a blanket on there <laughs> yep and that's the lips <laughs> make sure it couldn't get out once we get control of our tongue and get control of the rest of our body if we just had a little bit of self control but the thing is we have to stop putting ourselves in position to lose that self-control. If you know you like to get drunk all the time, what you going to the liquor store for? If you know you're addicted to pornography, what are you watching a show for that has nudity? See, some a lot of these things are our own fault, and then we run to God mad at him because we think that he's not healing us from it. But we keep putting ourselves in his own position, hurting ourselves. And like I posted on Facebook the other day, we um, tend to, uh, one of my friends says, nothing but bad things happen to them ever, ever since they started walking with God. But um, we have to look at the scripture. In Psalms 73, we have David. He was in the same position like Tony just said. Everything that we're going through, somebody else has already gone through it. 
<laughs> David was getting envious of the wicked because that's what it really seems like. <laughs> like we have people commit fornication, all these sins, yet they prosper. Yet they're millionaires and billionaires. And yet we have people that are actually walking in Christ, maybe living in a, a broken down home or something, don't have any transportation or anything like that. See, we cannot allow that to deter us from walking with God. Because what they don't realize, see, all of their faith is in their money. Don't get me wrong, the Bible says money is the answer, but the love of money is the root of all evil. People who, and what that means is people who will do anything, everything in order to obtain it, no matter what the cause of repercussion will be. The love of money is the root of all evil. So we can't let the the success of the wicked deter us and say, man, that sure does look good over there. I wonder, is, is this really against God? No, good and well, we read it in the Bible. <laughs> and that stuff will have us questioning it. But everything we lose here on earth, we will get back in heaven. For um, Jesus said there are many mansions in our Father's house. So if we can give it up here on earth, we'll get that back. Plus some more. Plus more than we can even imagine. I mean, we're going to lose it when we die anyway. We're going to lose all that. That big house, not going with you. That money is not going with you. That Lamborghini, that Bugatti. Hey, you woke up in that Bugatti, but it's not going with you. So what God is saying, give all that up, and I will give you more than that. You just have to love me. Follow my word. And that's really all I'm, I have to say. Just stay in the Bible, my friends. Just stay in the Bible. And my closing remarks, thank you for whoever may be watching and whoever is going to watch. Thank you for whoever comes to our, for the people that come to our Bible studies on Tuesdays. This Tuesday at 6.30, we'll be bringing pizza mm -hmm. and drinks so that we'll be refreshments as we take another turn on the wheel, as I, as I should say, at the, at the Bible. And so if that be all, thank you again. We really appreciate you listening. And we will see you guys either Tuesday or next Thursday at the same time. If God blesses and says the same. And I hope everybody has a blessed weekend. And stay dry because it's supposed to rain, at least here in the Oxford area, all weekend. And I wanted to say one thing before we wrap it up. Again, um, tonight we discussed how the devil uses his ministers, how he said he was going to sit at the mount of the congregation. He's going to stand on the pulpit. He'll sit sometimes. He's going to stand on, at the pulpit and teach. He's teaching Jesus Christ, but is not the true Jesus Christ. So I hope and I urge you guys to Take a step back from whatever it is that you believe and go back to the scriptures to see what the scriptures have to say. Because I know a lot of times when I talk to people, sometimes they'll say, well, I just can't believe that my pastor, he's teaching the wrong thing. He not saved. I'm not asking you to believe that. I'm asking you to go to the scriptures and believe what the scripture says. And if the scripture declare that he's not teaching the truth, then so be it. Don't get attached to 
uh, uh, Pastor Johnny <laughs> just because he knew your mama for 20 years and that's where you grew up at. That's not enough because in the end of time, God's not concerned with who knew Pastor Johnny. He's concerned with did you know the truth and did you follow his word? So if Pastor Johnny is not doing it, you better leave Pastor Johnny. You better get with whatever pastor out there is doing. You, you might say, well, I just don't like that pastor. Even though he tells the truth, I just don't. <laughs> you better get over it. We, we, we have to learn to get over uh, whatever issue it is, uh, whatever grudge we're, we're holding against someone. Because if they're teaching the truth, then that's who God is operating through. And a lot of times God chooses those people that the majority of folks, they didn't want that person to be the leader. Yep. But that's who God chooses. And he knew it was going to be that way. But we're, we have itchy ears. We have certain teachers that we want to flock to not knowing <laughs> they don't even know the truth they're ever learning but they're never able to come to the knowledge of the truth so that's a sad position to be in to get to judgment day and for God to say depart from me you workers of iniquity I know you not but those same people thought they were saved they said Lord we prophesied in your name we done so many wonderful works God what's, what's wrong what did we not do? You didn't follow the truth. You didn't do the truth. If you did know the truth, you still didn't do it. So uh, I just wanted to leave you guys with that. It's just something to think about that we would seek. Seek out teachers of the truth. Seek out the truth about God. Get in the Bible and read. Even if you can't understand it, keep praying. Keep crying out to God so that he'll open your understanding and send people into your lives because he'll do it. So again, that's all I wanted to uh, end with. Uh, I'll turn it back over to Melvin. Oh, no, I'm done. If I say something else, it's going <laughs> talk about God all night. But that's it. If that's it, thank you again for watching, and we'll see you either next Tuesday or next Thursday. Again, have a blessed and safe weekend. Stay dry. Good night, everybody.